Welcome aboard the Mad Pastors Podcast. Honest pastors, honest conversations. Powered by G6 Allies. You may now feel free to move about the podcast. Well, hey, everybody. We're back again. Good to see you guys. Every Welcome week. Back. We're like a like a case of plantar fasciitis. You just can't get rid of us, you know? Okay. It's a planter's wart. Either way, if you've ever had one, you know what I'm talking about. That's why you shower with shoes on in the gym. Shower with shoes. But either way... <laughs> It's, That's the takeaway from today's podcast is shower with shoes when you're at the gym. It really is. Let's okay. just be honest. Even at the hot, so we just had a baby. We talked about that. Yeah. But uh, even when we had a baby, they said bring shower shoes to the hospital, which made me very nervous about the. Well, you don't clean, clean the hospital them. bathrooms? They should. Rooms? They That's should. Weird. But I will say ours is pretty nice. Um, <laughs> but we are continuing. We're almost done with this series. Um, and I don't know, we'd love to hear from you guys. Maybe we do less series and more like single topics or whatever it looks like, but we always want to hear from you if this is helpful, if it's not, um, but we love it. So we're, we're finishing up our series unscripted, a series with a logo so meta, we didn't even do any, spend any time designing it. It's just unscripted. Uh, but either way, we, man, we've got a couple good ones, I think. And so we... Didn't even look at them or, or think about them other than the time we laid them out and we have a million things going on, so we forget. But we mentioned it today. Here's here's our, here's our this week's uh, podcast or this episode is the discussion about how do you lead people when you don't know where to go. And I think there's a lot of this, I don't know, this one's kind of loaded, not intentionally, but I mean, I think one really good... Uh, one really good explanation of that or one good uh, example is COVID and 2020, right? Like how many churches are like, God's given me a vision. And that vision is that we're going to go into every home. We're going to cook meals for every person. We're going to hold hands and hug each other every service. That's the vision from God. And then COVID happens. He's like, well, I guess that's not God's vision. What church vision. were you at? Uh, not not <laughs> that one. I didn't want to be at that one. I'm just assuming. But I mean, imagine, imagine the, even the embarrassment, I guess nobody's really too embarrassed unless you're Kenneth Copeland and he's not even embarrassed, but they're, they're, they're blowing COVID away with the wind of the spirit. But, uh, I don't even, here's what's funny. I just see Kenneth Copeland pop up on TikTok. I don't watch that Joker, but it's pretty funny. He's such an idiot. He just goes up. He's on TikTok, huh? People, no, well, people People are posting his, they post his stuff on TikTok, but, uh, who knows that guy's probably on all kinds of stuff. We don't want him to be on. Um, which I just, I don't even want him to be on TV or in a pulpit, but either way he, but, but I think, I think this goes all the way to 2020, but it also goes just in general. I mean, I think the church is so full of leadership sensationalism and, and it is, sometimes it's really, I think what's funny is that, I mean, I post about this and people go, this is so sad. And it's always the people that's their problem too. But you know, we don't disciple as a church. We don't do community well, at least in our our region of the world, very well. We're all about ourselves, and yet we're always trying to find some new big initiative to do. And then as soon as that one burns out, we find another initiative. And I don't know, sometimes I wonder if more churches than we think don't know where they're going, and so they just keep coming up with yeah, destinations. So are, are you suggesting that the the 
common solution to not knowing where you're going is just to do more stuff. Michael, I'm not suggesting it. I'm just straight out saying it. There's not a suggestion. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I think or the, we, or the, the, the plethora of things that we do and the constant shifting of, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this is symptomatic of leadership that doesn't know where it wants to go. That's what you're saying. How many is a plethora? More than three, less than 50. Oh. <laughs> that's true. Um, sorry. I would hate to say that you used the word plethora. Dude, that's a great movie. That should be a whole podcast, just watching The Three Amigos, because I really want to do it. Either way. Um, no, I think, that, I think that you're right, but here's, I think it goes even deeper than that. Okay. I, think, I think you're right. It is. We, we live. It's, but I think it has a lot to do, and I've, I've been thinking about this recently, about how sensationalized we try and make church. Not that it isn't great, not that it isn't wonderful or fulfilling, but we always have to find the next new thing. And I think that when, I mean, I've said in those meetings with pastors who, you know, they tell their church that they're a church of small groups and the community is their second priority outside of just Jesus. And yet 15% of their church is in community and they're trying to think of the next thing to do because they go, I don't know, what's our next vision? And I go, well, maybe, maybe we should have a, a different discussion. Maybe we should really work on how are we going to hone hone in these things that are, are really key and important to us. And so, I don't know, I see so much of when we talk about this idea of where do we go when we don't know where to go, um, I see that a lot. I've been in that a lot. And it's it's always a 10-minute brainstorm, and they do a, a, a yearly ca- a new campaign or a year-long initiative based off of a 15-minute meeting. And I think that that's just irresponsible leadership yeah. in general. And so there's not a lot of time or prayer. I think that if we really sat down and said, where do we need to go? Most of us would say, we kind of need to just sit here for a while. But we're afraid. I think often we're afraid people will leave. They won't be disconnected. I mean, I get that. If you don't have something new, people don't want to come, as that's the feeling and right. that's the struggle. And so, you know, I, I'm not sure where you land on that. But I think that that's a good place to start. All the way up until it backfires, like with a with a pandemic, like COVID, and everybody's like, "Oh no, we don't have any plans." All right, here's our new plan: we're going to online church, <laughs> you know, yeah. or whatever. I mean, one sense in which the whole pandemic was beneficial, I think, or we'll we'll see in the long term that it was beneficial, mm-hmm. was that it did it did kind of shake us out of the routine, right? Like, right. So many churches were doing the same things, the exact same way that they've done them for so many years and we don't even don't even think about it it was just muscle yeah. memory mm-hmm. that we just this is how we do church this is our our MO mm-hmm. and then covid happened and that MO went out the window and you right. had you had to do something different and and so far that has kind of stuck i mean a lot of yeah. churches you're seeing are being more innovative they're doing things differently they're putting things that they used to do by the wayside cuz they can't do those things anymore yeah and so I, I think there is a sense in which it'll be that'll be helpful to churches in the long run. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I do think that there is kind of this, I don't know what to do, so we're just going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks <laughs> right. kind of a thing. And, and you know, spending time in, in prayer and, and genuinely seeking out mm. what direction you need to go, what direction right. you need to lead your church is, is the first step. And I don't even know if it's a church problem. On I think it's something the church adopted from just 
the world just daily. I mean, that is the world we live in is the next. I mean, it's been that way for years and years and years and years, but it's always the next new thing. And I think, I think it was Eugene Peterson who wrote in the eighties. Um, again, this is unscripted, so don't fact check me, but I want to say it's Peterson who wrote in the eighties that we are too busy and we don't take time and we don't set and, and pray and spend time. And I, I wonder how much even that influences how we make decisions. And you're right, throw it all against the wall, see what sticks. Or or even sometimes I think it, it falls into the category of creating a mission statement or speaking an initiative that we want to be true. And so we just say it's true often. And I've had that, you know, I had a church that didn't want to grow. They didn't like when our ministry grew, but their mission statement was we exist for those not yet here. And I was like, well, wait a second. <laughs> That doesn't work. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder how do how do we maybe we've identified the problem from twelve angles, but how do we how do we lead when we don't know where to go? What well, would, what do we I mean, say the, to pastors? I, I think the the real issue so what we've identified so far is what we've what we've identified so far is the the problem of doing too much when you don't know what to do, right? And, right. and that's, an, that's a relatively easy one to say, mm-hmm. well, stop doing everything and try and figure out what it is you're supposed to do. <laughs> What's your one thing? Go, right. Right. And, and focus on that. The, the real, where the rubber meets the road and where it gets really difficult is when you've spent the time in prayer, when, when you're doing your due diligence and you're genuinely pursuing God and asking what it is that you need to focus on and you still don't have an answer. No doubt. What do you do? So, (laughs) so like you said, sometimes we need to just sit there. Right. And, and, but you've been doing that Mm. and eventually you got to move. Yeah. But you don't know which direction to go. How do you lead your people? Sure. In that scenario. And that's, and that's what I think we want to spend the rest of this uh, time discussing. And uh, I mean, that's, that's that's a pretty tough one. Um, it is a, it is a tough you, one, but I wonder if if the answer is not often <clears throat> sticking. I mean, hitting us right in the face or staring us in the face more often than not. I mean, if if you do, if your church has, I mean, every church has the mission of the gospel and the Great Commission, and so you know, if anything, you you fall back on that yeah. specifically. But also, so, well, go ahead. Well, no, I just uh, I think that you've got that mission, and so, but then you have to wonder. Is your mission deficient or not true, or do you just need to continue to work on what you believe your church's specific mission in that is, oftentimes? And so, I, and I think that that sheds, we'll, we'll get to this next episode, but that gets to how do you find a missional identity? Uh, so a couple of the things that you, that you don't do, one, we identified the don't just do a whole bunch of stuff and, right. and hope that that's what, what gets you there. Two is don't do just whatever the people want mm-hmm. in your church just because they want it. Okay. That that's that's a pretty common issue where that's the pastor kind of turns into the politician <laughs> we've talked yeah. about in the past where hey, this is the kind of ministry our people are going to like, so this is what we're going to do. Sure. And and that just feeds that culture of consumerism that it's all about what they want. And mm-hmm. um, was I was I was talking to a guy who um, several years ago, business owner, very successful guy, owns uh, a whole chain of coffee shops, uh, higher end, you know, 
super high quality coffee. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me his journey in his business of starting eight or nine different locations. And yeah. Uh, and he said when he began that business, everybody that came to him when they first came, you know, they were drinking like. McDonald's coffee or gas station mm-hmm. coffee, or they were, you know, making Folgers coffee in the morning. Yeah. And the coffee that he offers is of a quality so much better than that. It's a lot more expensive, sure. but it's a much better quality coffee. Right. And he's like, and they didn't like it. Mm-mm. And, and people would come in and they would ask for, you know, they would ask for the frilly Starbucks drinks with all the syrups and stuff in it. The and not he's like, coffee coffee. He's like, that's not coffee. <laughs> Right. Uh, and he's like, if I had just given the people what they wanted, I would have turned into Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And then I would have been crushed by Starbucks. Right. Because I can't compete with them. But I didn't give the people what they wanted. I taught them what they needed. Mm-hmm. I taught them what good coffee is. Mm-hmm. And and then they changed what they wanted. And I think that's an amazing illustration for the that church that we we as pastors don't need to just give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. We need to teach them what they need. Well, and it and, goes, it and goes in teaching them what they need. Yeah. They begin to develop an appetite for it so that it becomes what they want. Well, I think you've hit, I think you had a principle that we can talk even in deep, deeper about, but I think that it gets to the idea that is your, is your mission when you don't know what to do, are you looking to entertain or are you looking to lead? And mm-hmm. I don't think so many pastors are not, they're not leading anymore, and they don't lead because I mean, I, I hate the idea of I, I hate the idea of the victim mentality with everybody. You know, it's like I don't want to say something where pastors go, "Yeah, it's the culture." Be like, "Well, no, you're accountable. <laughs> you're a shepherd." But but I do think we have some as part of why we we want to do G six University and why we do Growbox and do these things because we want to see pastors uh, and and church leaders and believers stand up and say, "No, no, no, I I take I own my own faith. I grow." Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the culture is, and I think it's what he said was so so wise. Um, you end up trying to become every social cause, and then you get crushed by him because that's not what your end goal is. The church right. wasn't designed to be no. The church is designed to meet needs and designed to but to do so and point them to Jesus. The church isn't UNICEF. The church isn't you know. I mean the ch- I don't I just use UNICEF as a random example, but the church isn't. Just, well, you need to come and you've got to make sure. I mean, think about how many churches get crushed by benevolence ministries because they don't know how to manage it rather than supporting benevolence ministries in the, you know, in the community and focusing where they focus, you know, where they need to focus. And so I think that's right. When we look at our vision, we look at what we're doing. Does my vision ultimately lead towards trying to entertain and find what people want? Or does it lead people to where they need to be? Yeah, that so, would probably eliminate half of our consternation on I don't know where to go and what direction. So first of all, um, we're we're dropping some big words in here: plethora and consternation. Well, that's true. That's uh, I do occasionally use a big word because I, I have a I have a we as educated folk. I have a I have a, um, uh, I have a calendar with words. And today was either constipation or consternation. I can't remember. You didn't have that. your glasses on when you read it. No. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed good. <laughs> so, so some people are spiritually constipated, and that well, I can definitely. use it again. But anyway. that—that's the—that's one of the major takeaways from this. Mm. When you when you don't know how to lead, or you right. don't know where you're going, how do you lead your people? Mm. One of the first questions you need to answer is, "What is the need?" Yeah. Right? What 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 do my people need? Mm-hmm. Not so much what do they want. I mean, you you certainly want to consider what they want. Right. You don't want to. If if your entire church says we don't want this. And 
and they continually <laughs> tell you that, you may not be pastor there for long if you say, I don't care what you want, that you're going to need to listen to me and listen to what I'm telling you because that's what you need. Maybe it's, That's not going to work out well for you. Maybe so it's maybe under some balancing right. there. I think, too, but, understanding what want means. It's I think when you cast a vision, I mean, we... It almost sounds like we're confusing maybe a little bit like the idea of want and the idea of gifting and what we're good at and what we can contribute. And I think that sometimes we confuse those things in church that if it's something, if you, you know, if all your people are, if your whole church is carpenters and you're like, all right, we're starting a metalworking business, like (laughs) it's probably not going to be the thing to do. But so everybody needs to be able to contribute. But I think you're, is it something that leaves, maybe does it leave them where they're at consuming or does it lead them? to give and to do more. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good call. And then I think the probably one other thing I would add to it um, is in, in terms of what we mentioned earlier about you know, just sitting there or sitting and waiting on the Lord and, yeah. and determining that at some point there does need to be some action. And, sure. and so you got to put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was, I was faced with a, Two different scenarios of which direction I could I could go once, mm. and um, and genuinely did not know which option I should do. There was pros sure. and cons of both. They on paper they both looked equally as good, um, and and just, I just didn't know. And that's kind of my one of one of my downfalls is I tend to get into analysis paralysis, and so I'm going to over yeah. analyze everything and and just won't make a decision because I got to sit there and. I haven't looked at it from this angle yet, and so I'm going to keep going back and forth, right? Right. Um, and uh, in this, in this particular case, Whitney, my wife, was was right there with me. Normally, if I get yeah. in that mode, she's just like, "Just stop it, do this one." And like, "Oh yeah, you're right." That is, and yeah. both of us in this case were like, "I, I, sure. I don't, I don't know what to do here." Uh, and and we got some pretty sage advice from a, a longtime pastor, who said, from a sage. Um, "He said." Just pick one. Just mm-hmm. like there's neither one has any glaring red flags. Yep. Right? You're you're not gonna destroy ministry by choosing this one and not this one. Yeah. Just pick one, and God mm-hmm. will bless it. But then commit to it and go after it wholeheartedly. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And mm-hmm. and so I, I think if you're in a place where you don't know where to go or how to lead your people. You need to you need to spend that adequate time, do your due diligence, pursuing God and asking what it is you need to do, and, and seeking some clarity and some wisdom. There, uh, you need to identify what it is the people need and, and mm-hmm. what your church needs, the group that you're leading needs. And then, if you have a couple options that are equally good, yeah. and there's and there's no detriment necessarily, or no foreseeable detriment to any of the options. Then pick one and just go after it full force. And you know what? You may get a year or two down the road and go, ah, that probably wasn't the best <laughs> one. Maybe the other one could have been better. And you yeah. know, we can play the what if I'd done this game all day long. But then maybe you you pivot down the road or something, right? And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you just just pick one. I think, I think we could add something to that, um, and I think we could also say that maybe a third or fourth step in there too is to evaluate where your church is gifted Um, because every context is going to be different. And so maybe the bridging line between, you know, want versus gifting, that's such an important and big thing for us to understand, but that the church is, our churches, different ones are gifted in different ways. So what that looked like for us, uh, for me in different ministries, one, 
I knew, and also I think you've got to know yourself as a pastor. Like, what am I passionate about? What do I think? Um, where do I feel like I can lead well? And I always, especially in student ministry, I had always had a deep passion for schools and for teachers, and we did that really well. Well, one, it's easy to, to love teachers and schools and people like that because they love being loved, right? But not everybody does that well. And so a lot of our motto became every student, right? And then it was, every was our, our motto for everything, every student, every teacher, and we pushed that idea, and it was like if people said, well, why aren't we doing this other ministry over here and these four things? I said, because that's not where we're geared. We're geared at reaching students where they're at and taking care of the people around them. And, man, as a result, we watch, we begin to watch things happen. Now, take, you know, fast forward, that's when we did college ministry, and that was growing. We had a different approach to how we did it. Similar that we went on to the mission field, but we would begin to reach college students in different ways. And so it just depends on all of that. But I think it's it's a good idea to look at and reevaluate your past and evaluate where your church has been gifted and thrived before. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah, I think that's a good, quick discussion and we want to hear more about what you think. We want you to take a minute and subscribe to our channel and also click the little bell so that you'll get notifications, um, when we post something new, because we're posting multiple times a week in a lot of cases, and we want to hear what you have to say and and we want you to watch it and enjoy our content. So listen, we love y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Later. Thank you for listening to the Mad Pastors Podcast. Mad Pastors is powered by G6 Allies, who knows that healthy ministry means having the right team behind you to provide worthwhile tools so ministry doesn't destroy you. If you'd like to partner with G6 Allies, here's a couple of ways you can do it. One, you can rate, subscribe, and review this podcast so that as many people as possible can get the same help and encouragement that you're receiving. You can also visit g6allies.com partner to see how you can financially partner with us. G6 Allies is dependent on viewers and listeners like you to support our ministry across the nation. If you have any questions or would like to contact the Mad Pastors for any reason, you can contact us at hello at g6allies.com. We'd love to hear from you.